Welcome to City Harvest Sermon Podcast. We hope you be blessed by the preaching of the word by Bishop Dak Hewitt Mills. I want to share with you uh, this morning about, um, you know, your pastor encouraged me to share about reaching out into the world and um, winning souls and, and so on. So, I believe that as you watch the video, you'll be encouraged to win souls. Amen. That's the, that's the all that we're trying to do is to win a few souls for Jesus. Amen. And I know that God is going to bless us all to be involved with that. So this morning, I want to share with you on uh, one of the things that really uh, prevents us from becoming what God wants us to be. And um, so the title of my message is Those Who Forget. Yes, Those Who Forget. Now, I have a number of books um, on related subjects. One is called Loyalty and Disloyalty. I don't know if they have the books there for display. All right. Oh, yes. Loyalty and disloyalty. And another one is um, those who pretend. <laughs> All right. Can you just put them up? Those who pretend. Wow. Oh, yes. And another one is those who leave you. Yes. Those who leave you. You know, I've been working, I've been a Christian for so many years, serving the Lord and working in the church. And when we try to build the church, there are people who try to spoil the church. These are these people. So I wrote a book for each one. You get it? Yes. And these books have been a blessing to many people. There's almost 50 million of these books being published worldwide, yes. So, hmm? No, take your time. I'm, I'll introduce them one by one. Don't show them everything, please. All right? So those who leave you, then we have those who are ignorant. Yeah. Ignorant people spoil the work of God. You know, one time, there was a captain of a ship. It's a famous story. It's a true story. And there was a mutiny on the ship. It's called, uh, it's, it's a, there's a movie called The Bounty, I think. Yeah. So they, they threw out the captain. But just before the captain went out of the ship into a lifeboat. He turned around and asked the guy who was trying to take over the ship. He said, do you think these people will follow you? Because you see, in his ignorance, he thought that by taking the captain of the ship and putting him in a lifeboat and sending him off to die, he would be able to control the ship. But he was ignorant. 
Yes. A lot of people don't know what they are talking about. So those who are ignorant, I have a whole book for them. <laughs> then those who accuse you. Oh, yes. Now, if you don't like accusations, I think you should resign from the church. Because there is no way you can work in a church or do the work of God without being accused. Yeah, it's, not, it's not possible. So, you see, yesterday I was talking about losing, suffering, sacrificing, and dying. And when you work for the Lord, you sacrifice and you lose your privacy. And you lose your quiet life which you would have liked to live happily ever after with your wife and your children. And then you come out, and then you, 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 you receive all sorts of accusations. I mean, you can hardly... One time I was analyzing which accusation I've not been accused of before. I was thinking which one has, is left, including being called the devil. Yes. But the Bible says that the devil is the accuser of the brethren. That is his work. So one time I saw one pastor, a person was saying, I don't like, I don't like being criticized. I don't like the accuser. Then I said, resign now, resign. Today, resign. It's over. Yeah. So those who accuse you, watch out. If I have a chance one day, I'll share some of these things with you. Then the next one is those who are offended. Oh, yes. People who are offended turn into monsters. People who are offended, they turn into monsters. Do you remember Herod's wife? She was a nice, sweet lady. She got married. I think it was probably a second marriage. To Herod. You remember, don't you? Remember her? You know her, don't you? And one day John the Baptist was preaching and he mentioned her, her marriage. Hey, that was too much. She was offended to the uttermost. So, how do you use me as an example of something like that? And it was deep in her. So one day there was a party, and uh, her husband was having a party, and he was so happy with his daughter's dancing that he told his daughter, I'll give you everything. I'll give you the whole of Singapore. I'll give you the whole of Malaysia. I'll give you the whole of Thailand. What do you want? I'll take you shopping. So she came to ask her mother, Mommy, Daddy says I can have anything. What should, I, what should I ask for? And you know what her mother said? Get some head soup. The head of John the Baptist in a soup bowl for lunch. She, she became a monster of a human being. 
And she asked for John the Baptist's head to be cut off. And presented to her daughter as her present. That's how far people go when they are hurt. So watch out when you are offended. Because you see, priests are not supposed to have boils. You know, a priest is not supposed, a boil is a, a wound that is not healed. And it gets infected with pus. So in Leviticus, it says that priests are not supposed to have boils. Because a minister must not minister from his head or what has hurt him. But once you are hurt, you become disoriented and you chart a new path in your life and your ministry. And when you are in a, in a large church like this or in a church which has been around for some time, it's not difficult to be hurt one day. So you need to watch out for things that offend you. I mean, I've been hurt so many times, I would have left my church long ago. Oh, yes. How many have been hurt before since you joined the church? Don't add lies to your sin. So just lift up your hand if you've been hurt before. (laughs) So watch out for those who are offended. And then we have those who are dangerous sons. It's another book. Wow. Many of you here, right, uh, you are sons of this church. But some sons are dangerous. <laughs> you know, in some churches, they call the pastor father. Do you, do you, do you know that? In some churches, we... we, we I used to be in a church, we called called the pastor father. We're going to see the father or father. You know, father, whatever, father, this. So a pastor is many, many times he's the father of many people. But some of the people whom you are a father of can become dangerous sons. Hey! When I say hey, say hey. I learned that from Bonke. <laughs> Never be a dangerous daughter or a dangerous son. What's a dangerous son? Absalom was a dangerous son. He attacked his own father. He took a sword to attack the one who gave birth to him. Many of you pastors here, it was Pastor Kong who made you a pastor, appointed you. I don't know. I mean, I, I assume so. And I don't think I'm wrong. Am I right or wrong? You should have been shouting, you are right, you are right. He made us a pastor. Or you came from the sky. You came out of the sky flying into the church. You were made pastors, you were appointed. Even this, just now when he was introducing me, he told you to come and say hello and introduce yourself. I would never know you if it wasn't for him. He made you who you are. I thought you'd be clapping faster and louder. Hey. So that, you see, you become a father not because you are an old man. Most of you became fathers when you were young. 
You are a father because it is through you that somebody has come into the world. That's what makes you a father, not because you are an old man or you are, you've been around for a long time. Because there are some people who are old, but they don't have children. It is your children that make you a father. So your pastor is a father to you because through him, many of you have come to be around. And that makes him a father, whether you like it or not. So you need to be careful as sons and daughters. 1 Corinthians 4.15, Paul said, you have 10,000 teachers. I'm, I'm just a teacher. I'm, I'm, I'm nothing here. I'm just a visitor. I'm nothing. This is the man who has been laboring with you for years, talking to you, counseling you, loving you, caring for you, praying for you, fasting with you. That's a father. And you are the son. We who come in as visitors, we are nothing. My visitor comes and he looks like a star. But the real star is the father of the house who has been laboring, fighting, working, struggling in the house. Oh yeah, I thought you'd be standing up. I thought you'd be standing up and clapping. I said, I thought you'd be standing and clapping and shouting and shouting. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Now there are some people who are dangerous sons. Hey. Anyone who can attack his father is a dangerous person. Your father at home who gave birth to you, whether he looked after you or he didn't look after you, or whether he was a good father or he was not a father, the Bible says, honor your father. It didn't say honor your good fathers. <laughs> honor your father. As for a father, he has only one thing he needs from you and it's honor. Can I have an amen from somebody? Don't let me take too long on this because I haven't started preaching yet. (laughs) Those who are dangerous sons. Wow. So I hope there's nobody here who can attack his father. Then the next one is those who are proud. It's another book. Those who are proud. Hey! You know, the first sin in the universe was not the sin of Adam and Eve when they disobeyed God. That's what people think. The first sin in the world was pride of Lucifer. Because the serpent was in the garden as a sinner before Adam came there. He was a wicked serpent. And he was in the garden there. He sinned long time ago. And the Bible says, whosoever, Luke 14, 11, whosoever exalted himself 
will be cast down. Whosoever, including the devil, including anybody, once you lift yourself up, you'll be brought down. So these are the people that fight the work of God. Proud people. And I know everybody here is humble. Oh, you will not say amen? Now, how do, you, how, do you know, how do you know when somebody is proud? How, how do you know when somebody is proud in, in the congregation? Shall I show you? Are you sure you want to know? Will you be happy with me if I tell you? One of the things... In a congregation, that is a sign of pride. Is when you can criticize your pastor. Oh, yeah. Think about children. When do children criticize their their parents? It's when they grow and they, they feel they are big. That they can say, Mommy, you don't cook nicely. Your food is not nice. Hey. How do you talk to your mother like that? Where I come from, we, we don't talk like that. Or to criticize your father and say, Daddy, you are not a good husband. You don't love mommy well. Daddy, you are a lazy man. Daddy, you are a lazy man. Why don't you get up and get another job? We are suffering in this house. Can a child speak like that to his father? And he must be a very big child who feels as he's a big person. So one of the signs of pride is where you can rise up and criticize. You you are criticizing my preaching. You you are are criticizing my book. As I'm introducing, you are criticizing it. (laughs) Have you written even a letter? Have you written a letter before? I'm surprised that you would think of criticizing my book when you've never written a book before. I'm surprised that you think of criticizing my book when you've never written a book which has sold more than 1,000 copies. And this book has sold at least 45 million copies. Million, not thousand. I'm surprised that you are sitting there and criticizing me. So when you criticize, it's because you feel you are big. And then I have a book called Loyalty and Disloyalty. Another one. Yeah. This one. It's a famous one. One time I went to preach somewhere. There was an assistant pastor in the church. Hey. Most of the things in the book describe him. So he didn't like this book at all. So when I finished preaching, he came to see me and shook my hand, just like how pastor told you, come and see me to say hello. He came and said, pastor, thank you. Thank you for your message. Then he walked away. But when I left, he was angry. He said, why is this man preaching loyalty to us? Who told him that we are quarreling in this church? 
Then I came the next year. But the pastor liked my message, so he invited me. I came the next year, and I forgot what I preached about the year before. So I preached the same thing, loyalty. (laughs) Hey, the man was angry. (laughs) After he came to shake my hand again, and he went, when I went, he told the man, doesn't he have anything to preach about? Why does he can't talk about this? And the pastor invited me the third year. And I also forgot what I preached about before. And I preached the same thing in this book. <laughs> this time, he took the He said hello to me nicely. You know that because there are those who pretend. He pretended. I showed you those who pretend already, isn't it? Then he, took, he came to the pastor. And he took the book. And he threw the book on the floor. And he stamped, he stamped on the floor. He wanted the book to disappear in the ground. Because the book was describing him. Yeah. So, God wants to make the church a safe place and a good place. Amen. A place where we can serve God and continue to serve God for a long time. Then we have those who honor you. Oh, yes. Those who honor you. The Bible says that we should give honor, respect to whom it is due. Yes, that's why I encourage you to honor your pastor, the one, not me. Me, I'm just a visitor. Where do you know me? I just came today. (laughs) Did the man is with you all the time? Is he not fasting with you, praying with you, praying for you all the time? This is the man you have to honor. And this is the man you have to show the love and the respect to. Yes. Amen. And anybody who finds it difficult to honor your pastor, honor your father, you got a problem. And then those who pretend, I showed you already. Then I have another book called One of You is a Devil. Now, these are the words of Jesus Christ. Jesus looked at his disciples and said, one of you is a devil. Wow. So don't be angry. If you are angry with my book, you must be angry with Jesus because these are his words. Yes. Jesus said, one of you is a devil. Now, I pray there will be no devil here. Hey, what is a devil? It's a long thing. But I tell you, the devil is the one who brought the confusion in heaven. There was peace in heaven. Heaven had been going on for years, centuries. There was peace until the devil came up. The Bible says he exalted himself. He's he's a separatist. Yes. He He separated himself. And caused a lot of confusion and fight. The Bible says there was war in heaven. And the devil and his angels were were fought. And Michael fought. And he was cast out. So, if I have the chance, I'll show you. But all these are biblical things. But this morning, I just want to quickly share with you on those who forget Wow. How many want to know what is those who forget? 
Oh, yes. <laughs> Those who forget. Now, I know when you are mentioning the big sins, the big sins, you mention fornication, adultery, um, murder, stealing, lying, and so on. People rarely mention forgetting as a sin. But Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 10, it says, God is not unrighteous to forget. God doesn't forget things. And God is not unrighteous to forget your labor of love. Your work. So all of you who are working for, for the Lord, God will never forget what you do. Pastors who work, people who work, no one knows what you do. No one claps for you. No one praises you. No one seems to recognize you. Hmm? No one says thank you. The Bible says that God is not a wicked person. God is not a bad man. God is not an unrighteous person. He doesn't forget the work that you do for, for him. And I want you to know, all of you, wherever you are, God will never forget what you do for the church and what you do for him. God is not a bad person. Every little thing you do and every little thing you have ever done, God has taken it into account. Even King David, you remember when David killed his associate pastor and took his wife? That's serious. Do you have things like that here? People killing their assistant pastors and then marrying their wives. I mean, it's, it's unheard of. I didn't know whether you have such a case here. But that was King David, eh? Now, when God, in the Bible, when God was commenting about David, this is what he said. He said that David served the Lord. And David, he recommended David. He said he served the Lord with his father's except in the matter of Uriah the Hittite. So God took into consideration all that he did. It was just in the matter of Uriah the Hittite that there was a problem. But God does not forget all the things that King David did. And even though King David had a problem with Uriah the Hittite. He remembered all the works of David that he served him except in the matter of Uriah the Hittite. That's God. God does not forget your good works. Tell your neighbor this is very good news. God does not forget anything you've ever done for him and in his name. Give a clap offering to Jesus for this amazing 
God. Wow. Sometimes, you know, when we fall into sin or difficulty, it, you see, in our hearts we remember it. But you see, God sees the full picture. And he will never forget your works of labor and of love. Amen. Now, Christians must also, amen, remember. When you stop remembering what you ought to remember, you start going astray. Amen. You start going off course. All right? So in the book of Psalms, Psalm 137, it said, By the rivers of Babylon, where we sat down, Yea, we wept when we remembered Zion. We hung our harps on the willow in the midst thereof. For there, they that carried us away captive required of us a song. And they that wasted us required of us mirth, saying, sing us one of those songs of Zion. And then they said, how shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? Then he said something. He said, if I forget, you see, if I forget thee, O Jerusalem, let my right hand forget how to move. If I forget Jerusalem, my home, the home that you gave to us, as Jews, if I forget it, let my right hand forget how to move. He's cursing himself. He says, if I do not remember thee, let my tongue cleave to the roof of my mouth. If I, if I don't remember. You see, forgetting is, is a very dangerous thing. Forgetting all that has been done. Forgetting what has been done for you. People become disloyal. People become traitors. People become treacherous. People become wicked when they don't remember things. Now, the person that you want to attack, remember what he did for you. If you remember, you will not behave in a certain way. Yes. If we as Christians remember our salvation properly, we will be better Christians. So, how can I sing the Lord's song in a strange land? No, 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 no. I can't do it. Now, Christians, Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 12. When people forget God, they don't do well when they prosper. We have two tests, a test of poverty and a test of prosperity. It's more difficult to pass the test of prosperity. You'll find more Christians failing the test of prosperity. In Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 12, it says, Lest when thou hast eaten and art full, Huh? 
and has built goodly houses and dwelt therein. And when thy heads and thy flocks multiply, when you have a lot of money, how many has God looked after you? Has God been kind to you? Has God given you something to eat? Hmm? I don't know about you. My mother used to always tell her when, when we were small and she was giving us food, she used to tell her, eat, eat it up. People are starving in Ethiopia. She used to say that all the time. And you have to eat all your food. Did your mother also tell you the same? Ah, okay. <laughs> it's like they want you to remember and think in a certain way. But now he says, you have built goodly houses and dwell therein. And when thy heads and thy flocks multiply, and thy silver and thy gold is multiplied. There are many people here, your silver and your gold is multiplied. Compared to when you first began. Compared to first when you joined City Harvest. Compared to when you just came in as nobody, as a student. When you didn't even have any proper job. And you were just struggling along. When you, before you got married. I'm talking about the earlier days before you receive your inheritance. And thy gold is multiplied and all that thou hast is multiplied. Then thine heart be lifted up. Underline this part. And thou forget the Lord thy God. You forget God. You forget God. Yes. Which brought you out. He's the one who brought you out. And you say in your heart, my own power. You know, I've worked very hard. God doesn't like people who boast about things that he has given them. There was a man who was buried in an earthquake. I think in San Francisco somewhere. And uh, after three days, they were able to bring him out. And when he came out, he recovered. They interviewed him. How did you survive? He said, oh, I'm a man of strong willpower. And when I decide to do something, I'm like the determined type. So I decided not to die. I was under. The earthquake had buried him. He was under. But I decided to be resolute. Wow. Wow. Then they interviewed his wife. I don't know which, uh, whether CNN, I don't know which people, somebody interviewed him. How your husband was able to survive under this earthquake? The building collapsed on him three days after they found him. How your husband survived? They said, oh, my husband is a man of strong willpower. Wow. He's a man of determination. He, when he decides to do something, he does it. Then they interviewed his doctor. Doctor, your patient is one of the few people who survived after three days. How was he able to do it under this earthquake? All the buildings collapsed. They were only without food, water, in the cold. He was there under the buildings. He said, my patient is a man of strong determination and willpower. Eight days later, uh, the man with the strong willpower. He had a heart attack and he died. Where was his strong willpower? Yeah. God doesn't like people 
who take credit for things he does for them. When God saved you and God helped you, then you say you are a man of determination and a man of strong willpower. When God blessed you and he blessed you in this city and blessed you in Singapore, and then you now take the credit for yourself. That you ask for you, you are a hard-working type. Let, let me tell you, there are many hard-working people who are very poor. You don't know? Go around the world and see. There's a lot of hard-working. They work 16 hours a day. They work from morning to evening. And they are very poor. Maybe you don't know. Travel and see. When God blesses you, don't forget... Remember how you came to be who you are. You know, I have a pastor friend in South Africa. He had one of the largest churches. He called me. He said, one of my members is coming to Ghana. He said he's one of the richest millionaires or billionaires. And he was looking at me as he was telling me. He said, I know you, you, I know you are thinking, oh, he will not come to church. He said, no, he's a different kind of rich man. He said he will be there. He said he's the type, his riches have not destroyed him. His riches have not changed him. He told me, I know you are an experienced pastor, so you know when people prosper, they forget. But this man is not like that. Tell your neighbor, I hope you are not that type who forgets. And when you forget, you become proud. Yeah, you become proud. Today, Europeans have forgotten God. You go around Europe, they don't believe in Jesus. One time I was in Geneva. I walked into a shop and I spoke to the lady who was selling watches or something. I said, do you believe in God? She looked at me. I said, God. She said, I believe in myself. I believe in myself. Be careful. Forgetting makes you not do well. All right? So Christians need to do well. Amen. Unrighteous people People who forget, they forget and they provoke God. So today God is trying to tell you, Deuteronomy chapter 9 verse 7. He said, remember and forget not how thou provokest the Lord thy God to wrath in the wilderness. We need to remember our problems and the different things we have done that have angered God. Amen. Amen. Now, you must also remember your humble beginnings in the ministry. And righteous people, Deuteronomy chapter 15. Thou shalt remember that thou was a bondman in the land of Egypt. And the Lord thy God redeemed thee. Therefore I command thee this thing today. Amen. Let us not forget. Amen. Psalm, 19, verse, Psalm 9 verse 17. It says, The wicked shall be turned into hell, 
and all the nations that forget God. The what? The wicked shall be turned into hell. And everyone who forgets God is going to be saved. Somebody's asking who is going to be in hell. It's here. The wicked shall be turned into hell as well as every nation that forgets God. Yes. I pray Singapore will never forget God. Never. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Now, in 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 8 and 9, I want to quickly show you something that has happened to the church. 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 8 and 9, please, on the screen. It says, all right, for if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 8 and verse 9. You shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, Paul, uh, Peter is talking here. And Peter is saying, there is something that makes Christians barren and not fruitful. Do you want to know what makes a Christian useless? You see, Jesus said something. He said, if a salt has lost its saltiness, it is good for nothing. If you ask an Englishman, there's nothing worse you can say about somebody than to say that the person is good for nothing. But those are the words of Jesus. There's, there's no, in English, proper English, a proper Englishman says to you, you are good for nothing. There's no, there's no worse description that can be used for a human being. Oh, yes. Than to say that you are good for nothing in English language. I don't know how you say in Chinese, but in, in good for nothing in English. You, there's, there's, there's nothing worse Now, it says, if these things be in you, city harvest, they make that you shall neither be barren. These are, these are things that happen to churches. There's no more fruit of a certain type and quality. Yes, just leaves. We have, we have trees with leaves, but no fruits. There's a lot of leaf, leaf churches, but no fruits. Yes. In the knowledge of our Lord Jesus. Now notice the next verse. Verse 9. So he that lacketh these things. You see, there's, there are three problems that make you... Perhaps you can put both verses together. There are three problems that make people barren and unfruitful. Look at it together. And the first problem is blindness. He that lacketh these things is blind. You got a problem. You can't see. Number two, he that lacketh these things cannot see far. You are short-sighted. You see only up to Singapore. Singapore, you drive 40 minutes, you have finished the country. <laughs> the country is finished in 40 minutes driving. 
if you see only Singapore, you are not seeing far. When people don't see far, they are not fruitful. Yeah. Once you are short-sighted, you are not fruitful. I'll tell you something. You know, we watched this video. You saw these nations. I'll tell you something. You know, all these countries in the natural, I would never go there. I don't have any... I don't have any friend there. That's the first point. I don't know anyone there. And African travel between African countries is very difficult. There are no flights. There's flights to Europe, but not flights between. Much. Yes. You can have a lot of flights to Europe, America, direct, but in between, not. Because of whatever problems. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a whole complex thing. But when you don't see far, you stay and you praise yourselves. So we are doing well, we are doing well, we are doing well. That's why most churches is just one church. Yeah, most churches is just one church. Most churches have ended up being one big congregation, that's all. But not, not, not more. Oh, yeah. But you can actually do much more. Uh, many of you sitting here, you know, I mean, you could do much more if we send you away. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's true. Many, many of you, if you were to go, you would bear much fruit. Fruitfulness is dependent on going. You see, I've been attacked. One of the things that people have criticized me for is for sending people. Why do you send this person to this outlandish place, they say? Why do you send this person to this dangerous country? But you see, without going, always, I, I told you, an apostle, when you cut him open, you won't see intestines. You see a word written. And the word is two-letter word, G-O, go. Go. Go ye therefore. Go ye therefore. And teach all nations. But he that cannot see far, he that doesn't see far, doesn't even know where to go. You need a good map to be a good pastor. You need a map, you need a board, you need to see. You need to see your responsibility. And barrenness and emptiness comes because people don't see far. Oh yeah. Most pastors, most pastors are just, you know, in, a, in, 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 in one little place. And that's, that's when we have so many troubles and problems come. Do you know why? Because, you see, in the armor of God, there are two parts. Your shoes have to do with the gospel. Preparation of the gospel. And the head has to do with the helmet of salvation. So salvation has a big issue. And the gospel as a big issue, when you take it off, you are walking without protection of your head and your shoes. So you are barefoot without a helmet and you are a soldier. You are going to be shot down. Give me one of the bottles of water. Yeah. You can't see far. Those of you here, thank God for this nice church. 
Every Sunday you come, pastor preaches, nice messages. He prays for you, for your problems. This is very nice. Very good pastor. Very good church. Thank God. Your church is famous eh, all over the world. Hey, you are famous. You have a lot of adverts. And, but that's not all. There's more. And, and, and fruitfulness makes you happy. When you see a woman having a child, she's so happy. You see ladies, they don't have a child. They are not happy. Every day they are not happy. You, you, when you are a pastor, you can see the ladies that don't have children, you can see there's some sadness in them. And they'll do anything to have a child. I just want to have a baby. I just want to have a baby. Fruitfulness brings a certain joy into a church. It changes the church. And it is because we can't see far. That is why there's so much deadness. There's money. There's money, but no fruit. One pastor told me, you know, I've got millions of dollars, but I don't have anybody to send. Yeah, he told me. He said, I have millions. He said, I have millions of dollars, but I don't have anybody whom I can send. I've never heard that problem before, but I didn't realize how much I've been training people how, what a difference it makes. Because, because if I can't send you, if I can't send you, then it's an army of toddlers, an army of nine-year-old children, an army of seven years and eight years old. You can't send them. You can't do with them anything substantial. And that's why God wants to change what you are even hearing so that we get into the army mode, the militarized mode. You know, I have a book called Weeping and Gnashing of Teeth. Yes, weeping and gnashing. I wish I had a chance to preach to you about weeping and gnashing. There are five times that Jesus used that phrase, weeping and gnashing. Can you show me that book, please? Yeah. Weeping and gnashing of teeth. You can get that on the internet if you want. I'm sure they'll find it soon. Yeah. Regret that we didn't do more. When I get to heaven, I don't want to say that I want to go back to do some more. Yes. There are many people when they arrive in heaven, that's it. Weeping and gnashing. Yes. It's a book. Jesus used that expression five times. If you take your time and you find five times that Jesus used that expression, that they'll be weeping and gnashing, you'll be amazed. Why he should use such an expression to describe something in the church. Yeah. What can make people so regretful? Weeping and gnashing of teeth of Christians and believers. Back to my scripture, please. (laughs) Give me back my scripture, please. I beg you. Thank you. Uh He that lacketh these things. Three things. Three things are affecting city harvest. Number one. He that lacketh this is is blind. I'll show you about that in a minute. Number two, he can't see far. And number three, he's forgotten. You see, those who forget. He's forgotten something. What has he forgotten? What has he forgotten? He's forgotten how he was purged from his sins. How salvation comes. Salvation doesn't come by osmosis. Salvation comes by preaching the gospel. Uh, and emphasizing the word of God and teaching the word of God. And salvation comes by 
going, by sending, by preaching, is forgotten how it happens. Yes. Those who forget. Now I'll recommend you a book to read, okay? You, you read? It's a, it's a book called The Final Quest. In this book, there's a prophet called Rick Joyner. He had visions. But in one of the visions, he met nobody else but Apostle Paul. Hey! He was standing there and he met Apostle Paul. Apostle Paul who had died and was in heaven. He was taken to heaven and he had an encounter and he talked with him. How many would like to know what Paul said to him? Would you like to know what Paul said to him? I will tell you. Now, he said to Paul, do you have any message for us, for the church? And Paul said, no, I don't have any message for you because everything I've written is what I've written. And he said some other things to him. So he was disappointed and he was going. Then Paul called him back and said, well, I have something to tell you. Do you want to know what he decided to tell him when he changed his mind? Are you sure you want to know? Or you want, or you want to go for lunch? You want to go for lunch? Or you want to know what Paul said? You have to choose between the two. Do you want to go for lunch? Or you want to know what Apostle Paul told him? On this side, do you want to know what Apostle Paul said? All right. Paul said to him, he said, when we watch from heaven, when we look at you guys, we don't know what you are preaching about. Yeah. He said, we can't. He said, we cannot recognize. I will encourage you to read it. He said, we cannot recognize the, the topics that you are preaching about. Yeah. He said, he said, then so Rick Joyner asked him in the vision, what do you mean by you don't recognize the topics we are preaching about? And Paul, Paul said, because when we were, when it was our time, ministry and the message was a, was a message of sacrifice. And the ministry of sacrifice. What I was preaching about yesterday, losing, suffering, sacrificing, and dying. He said to be a minister was a big sacrifice. I hope you go and get the book and read it. Oh, yes. You see, we've forgotten how salvation comes. There's a cross. We've forgotten about the cross. We've forgotten about the basics of Christianity. Yes, that there's going to be a price. When I said some of you should go, you were laughing. But actually, that's what you should do. You have to pay the price to stand in a room with nobody there and start a church with 10 people and 11 people and preach until they become a thousand. That's what you should do. City Harvest Church. Do you know the meaning the meaning of the name of your church? Do you know what it means? Do you have any idea what it means to be a city harvest church? It means you are supposed to harvest the cities of this world. Do you have any idea what it means to be a city harvest church? You are supposed to harvest the cities of this world. 
This church is supposed to harvest the cities of this world. Yes. Yes. Please sit down. I haven't finished. <laughs> Look at my scripture, please. Three, there's three problems that the church is suffering from. It's blind. Look, do you see? It's blind. Please italicize also is, is, is blind. Cannot see far and has forgotten. Forgotten that salvation comes by preaching. It, salvation comes by people going. Salvation comes by the cross, by people sacrificing and paying the price. This is how it is. The cross has to come back into the church. Yes. That's what I was preaching about yesterday. The cross is coming back. It will be popular again. To take up your cross and follow Jesus and give your life. It is going to be popular again, I'm telling you. Sacrifice is a very popular topic. Now, uh, he's blind. What is blind? Blind is that you can't see the eternal world. You can't see people who are dead. Where, where are they? You see, because, we, because our eyes can only see the beautiful Singapore city and the beautiful nations of the world. You can see America, these, these, these nice places. You are not seeing into the realm of the spirit. Yeah. When the rich man went into hell, he cried, he said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. I am tormented. I'm struggling. He was suffering. And he said, please send Lazarus. There's no air conditioner here. Please send Lazarus. And he said, I need water. I want a drink. I want a drink. We can't see this, you know, because we are so earthly minded, so carnal. The Bible says, he that lacketh these things is blind. You can't see into the realm of the spirit. That there is a real place called hell. You can't find hell on the map. But it is the place. Jesus said it is a real place. And in hell, he lifted up his eyes. And he seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, for I am tormented in this plane. I pray thee, send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in the water and cool my tongue just with a drop like this. Just a drop. Have you ever asked for a drop? To just a drop on your tongue? You, you, you asked for a bottle or a glass, but he was asking for a drop. There is a place. There is no prison on this earth that is like that place. And there are millions of people going there. But Christians don't care. We only care about the things we can see because we are blind. We are blind to the realm of the spirit. Where things are happening. And he said, Father Abraham, I pray thee, please tell, 
Lazarus to dip his finger and cool my tongue, just one drop like this. And Abraham said, no. You know, when you go to hell, everything you ask for, the answer is no. I, I, I don't know if you know that everything you say, can I have this? No. Can I have this? No. He said, can I have, send Lazarus? No. Deep water in my tongue? No. Then he said, okay. I have five brothers in Singapore. Can you send Lazarus as an evangelist? And the answer was also no. <laughs> Look, I tell you, you know, I preach in Seattle. There was a millionaire there. He was, he, he was actually the senior most millionaire in that church. When I finished preaching, he said, he told, he said, this is the best message. I preach about hell. Yeah. Because you see, in hell, the rich man wanted to become an evangelist. Yeah. 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 In fact, he wanted to start sending missionaries. Yeah. Yes. Think about it. Pastors on earth are not sending missionaries. So, but the rich man in hell is trying to send missionaries to nations and to go and preach to people. Hey! And he said no. He said, if one goes from the dead, they will not believe. If I told you that I've been dead for three months, I came back last week, you will not believe it. <laughs> will you believe it? You will not believe it. So if somebody comes from the dead, they will not believe. And he says, but they have the prophets. They have Konghi. They have these, these pastors here. Are you, are you guys pastors? Uh -huh. Stand up. You, you are the prophets. Stand up. They are waiting. Oh, please stand up. Pastors. Pastors, stand. are you pastors? Stand up. Stand up. There are people. People are going to go to hell if you keep quiet. Hey. Lord, people, some of you here are called to be pastors and evangelists. You are sitting there. Every day you come to church and you watch us preaching. Instead of getting up, instead of saying, you come to church and say, what is pastor going to give, do for me today? What is Kong he going to do for me today? Instead of saying, what is the pastor going to do for me today? A time has come when you start asking, what am I going to do for God today? What am I going to contribute? What am I going to give? What am I going to do? What am I going to also help? How am I also going to help? Not every day. What is the pastor going to do for me? What is the church going to do for me? What are you going to do? What are you going to give? What, how are you going to help? How are you also going to do something? Today God is calling City Harvest Church to come out of a certain barrenness that you, cause you are supposed to bear fruits of a certain level. Amen. Yes. Yes. Now listen. I'm going to tell you something as I close. I want you to listen. I beg you to listen to me just one second more. Second is past, but another second. Add, keep adding. <laughs> you know, one day I heard Kenneth Higgins saying this. He said there was an Assemblies of God pastor. And I'm closing with this. 
He said, this Assemblies of God pastor, I don't know what he was preaching about, but this Assemblies of God pastor, he was invited to a church to preach. When he finished preaching, just like how I'm preaching here, he closed from preaching Sunday and went to his hotel. He said in the night, huh? Jesus appeared in his room and said, follow, follow me, follow me. And Jesus took him down into hell. Yeah. And when he got to hell, he saw people wailing, screaming, crying, gnashing their teeth. So he took him through various sections. Then suddenly, he saw something that shocked him. Do you, do you want to know what he saw in hell? Do you? I, are you sure? Okay, I'm going, to, I'm going to Malaysia. I'm going to... I don't think you want to know. Do you want to know what he saw in hell that shocked him? Suddenly, he saw someone that he knew. You know who he saw? He saw his roommate when he was in university. Yeah. So when he saw his roommate, he said, hey, when did you come here? Remember it was Sunday. He told him, I came here on Friday. Just this last Friday. He said, Friday? He said, yes, I was involved in an accident. There was an automobile accident and I died on Friday. Today is Sunday. I died just this Friday. And I came here. I've been here since Friday. And then he was shocked. Then Jesus motioned, come, let's go. And he took him and he came, brought him back to his hotel room. When he got to his hotel room, he was very disturbed. And he wanted to call his mother. Because his mother used to visit him and his roommate in school, in the university. But it was so late on Sunday night, he decided to call her on Monday. So he called her on Monday morning. On Monday morning, he called her, Mama. As soon as he called his mom, mom said, Have you heard? I said, Heard of what? He said, Oh, your roommate was involved in a terrible accident on Friday. His mother told him and, and, and died on Friday. And he, was, he started to shake. He said, but I, on Sunday I was taken there and I saw him. And he told me that he had died on Friday. Listen to me, my friend. You see, many of us have become barren in Christ. We just criticize things and we talk about everything in the church. But we have become empty. Barren. Because we can't see the, the multitudes that are screaming and calling. Just one drop. People's fathers and relatives who are there crying. Somebody should talk to them. Somebody should preach. There should be more pastors in the church. More preachers. And we just criticize ourselves about everything. Today God is calling you. Today God is calling you. How many want to listen and say, yes, Lord? I, I also want to do so. I don't want to be blind anymore. I don't want to be short-sighted anymore. I don't want to be far away. Stand to your feet. We hope you've been blessed by the message. If you have a testimony to share, write to us at connect at chc.org.sg.